Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you all to the very first inaugural episode of Countdown to JWST. Now, this is a video series I have wanted to start for years <laughs> because I keep thinking, well, wouldn't it be great? In the year of the launch of JWST, we have a series of videos that kind of gives us the step-by-step status of where the mission is and what goes, and then all leading up to the very exciting time when the spacecraft, the Ariane 5 rocket, finally does launch. And then we could all sit together and bite our nails as the uh, as the as the space telescope slowly deploys over a course of about six weeks uh, to uh, and we could share all this anxiety together. But I wanted to use these videos as a sort of a aggregation, a way to aggregate a community around JWST because it is a mission that is near and dear to me. Um, it is a one of the most important things we are ever going to do so far as a human, as as a species, in my opinion. This is it's that big of a deal, way bigger than Hubble. It will it and it is a, a mission unlike any other. So let's start with this episode of Countdown to JWST, and we will. Uh, I'm, and I'm going to start by. Just giving you a little bit of background in case you've been living in a hole or under a rock and you have no idea what the James Webb Space Telescope is. I'll give you a brief background on it, not a whole lot, because there's plenty of stuff to learn about from NASA's websites. The big resource for all things JWST is jwst.nasa.gov. And that's where you go if you ever want to know what's going on, because they're really good about posting the news and, and, and updates there. Eventually, sometimes they're a little bit slow. They take their time, especially when something bad happens. <laughs> All right. So what is the James Webb Space Telescope? Well, it is a it is designed as a successor or a the next generation of the Hubble Space Telescope. Now, the Hubble Space Telescope was launched in 1990, and it's been up there for over 30 years. And it has far exceeded expectations. But as most of us who old timers know, the Hubble Space Telescope did not have auspicious beginnings. It was very inauspicious if you if, if it was anything, right? Because when they first launched it, it was over budget, it was delayed, and the primary mirror was flawed. And so a lot of things had to be fixed on it with the space shuttle to make it what it is now. The Hubble Space Telescope that's in orbit right now over our heads is by is the is has almost nothing in common with the original space telescope that was launched in 1990, and with the exception of maybe the primary mirror and the chassis and some of the some of the infrastructure, the 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 what they call the uh, spacecraft bus and the in the chassis, everything else is different. The electronics, all of it has been changed out because it was designed to work with the space shuttle, which was a program we no longer have. So that telescope has shown us more and given us more information about our universe than any other single thing we've ever done. So now we have the next thing, the next big thing, the James Webb Space Telescope. Now, Hubble was repaired for the last time in 2009 by the space shuttle and was given an entirely new lease on life, new cameras, new electronics. But, you know, that was 2009. That was over 10 years ago. So already, the latest and greatest Hubble is over a decade old. It, it blows my mind when I think about this stuff, right? I mean, just how fast time flies. So, 
now with with uh, with James Webb Space Telescope, what can we look forward to? Well, as with all NASA projects, it was decided upon by this thing called a decadal survey. A bunch of astronomers got together and they wrote down their wish list of all the things they wanted. And one of the top things they wanted was a big telescope that would look at things that was bigger than Hubble, but look at things in the infrared. And so that's the James Webb Space Telescope. Now, it is bigger than Hubble. Let me just get my my numbers right here. Um, the uh, the the Hubble Space Telescope mirror is two point four meters. Okay, and the uh, the the James Webb Space Telescope segmented primary mirror is over six meters. Okay, so um, that is a lot more. It's a it's a much bigger uh, light producing or light collecting area. Okay. And it is designed, as I said, as an infrared telescope. So what does that mean? Well, does it mean we're going to still get pretty pictures out of it? Yes, we are going to still get pretty pictures out of it because I don't know, because right now what you may not be aware of is the Hubble Space Telescope is an infrared telescope. It has a couple of uh, cameras that can still see in the optical, but it's primarily an infrared telescope. It can also see in the ultraviolet. Which is, which is very interesting. JWST won't be able to do that, okay? So we have a space telescope that is about, you know, that is uh, two or three times bigger than the original telescope that was there, uh, the Hubble. And Hubble also sits in low, well, in high Earth orbit, I call it. It's the highest orbit that the space shuttle could get to. Okay, and that's where Hubble sits. It's still pretty low. JWST, by comparison, is going to go all the way out to something called the L2 point, the Earth, the Earth-Sun L2 point, and that is a point, a gravitational node, where if you go there, it will. It's about a million and a half kilometers away, about a million miles away, and it will track the the orbit of the Earth around the Sun precisely. And so we, when you have the, so it'll follow behind the earth and it will have this giant shield made of uh, cap. I think it's captain is what they call it. Um, and it will unfurl to about the size of a tennis court. And there'll be five layers of this aluminum captan coated thing that will shield all of the optics and the, and the um, instrumentation from the sun so that it can get super cold, only about 30 degrees above, uh, Kelvin. Uh, so that's very, very, very cold. Just a, just a few degrees above absolute zero, couple dozen degrees. So this is um, the regime on, in which the James Webb Space Telescope will live. It's this point, a million and a half kilometers away, that follows the Earth as it goes around the sun. This means that we will always be able to see JWST, but it's going to be a million miles away. No space shuttle is going to be out there repairing it. And when one thing that I don't ever mention when I talk about JWST, but I find very interesting is if, have you ever wondered why whenever you see the little orbit of, of JWST at L2, you see it, you see it going in a little circle around, so it's a million and a half, it's a million and a, and a half kilometers away, but it's going in a circle at the L2 point. Why does it do that? So the L2 point will, is a point where when the telescope sits there, it will be in the Earth's shadow from the sun, which is great for cooling the 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 telescope itself. It helps it get nice and cold sitting in the 
in the Earth's shadow, but it sucks for solar power, which is one of the things that is going to keep JWST operating. It's where it's going to get its electricity from. So instead of sitting in the shadow all the time, it's going to orbit in a circle as it goes around the sun so that the solar panels can receive electricity from the sun or can receive sunlight from the sun. I never really talk about that because I just recently learned that. And I think that's pretty cool. So here we have a telescope that is, you know, very far from earth. And so it'll be protected from a lot of the radiation and stuff in the, in the, the earth shine that, that, that you get when you're close to the earth, you're going to be able to point away from the sun, get it cool and look out into deep space as the earth goes around the sun. These are all great things. Absolutely part of what the James Webb space telescope is designed for, but that presents some problems, doesn't it? First of all, it's huge. It's got this thing that's the size of a tennis court that is got to be unfolded because it's going to be crammed into an Ariane five rocket, which by the way, because JWST is so delayed in its launch, they're decommissioning the Ariane five in favor of the Ariane six, but they've agreed because NASA is going to be screwed if they don't to keep the Ariane 5 going until they get JWST launched. So it's going to cram, they're going to cram it into this rocket, launch it from French Guiana, and off it goes into space, where on its way to the L2 point, it will begin to uh, unfurl. And like I said, it's going to take about six weeks to get all of the, the components fully deployed all five layers of the sun shield out the 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 primary mirror has got to be extended the secondary boom has to come down all of these things have to happen in order there's like a 10,000 things that can go wrong here and so this will be a very tense time it's extremely ambitious what nasa is trying to do here so that's why it is the most it it still holds the record for the most complicated thing we've ever done in space. So what can you see with the James Webb Space Telescope? Well, as I mentioned, it's got this huge primary mirror over six meters in size. It's got 18 segments, all go old, all coated in gold to be highly reflective in the infrared. All of the detectors are designed to look in the infrared. Okay, the infrared part of the spectrum is prime real estate for people who want to learn about the early universe, uh, early galaxies, the first galaxies, the first stars to ever shine, as well as to finding exoplanets around other, uh, other stars. So the James Webb Space Telescope will, for the first time, image the very first stars to ever shine. When the universe was just a few hundred thousand years old, these stars began to coalesce, the clouds of hydrogen coalesced to, into burning stars. These are stars that are not unlike, that are not like the stars that are shining today. These are very, very strange stars. But because they are so early in the universe, which means they're so far away from us, that their light in all the time that it's been that that star has been shining <laughs> uh, since the, the beginning of the universe. The universe has been expanding, obviously, during that 13 billion year uh, period. The, that light went from being primarily in the ultraviolet 
to being now in the infrared. And that's why the infrared is so important. If you want to see the early universe, everything that shined back then in the ultraviolet and highly blue uh, wavelengths has been redshifted into the infrared. That includes the first stars, the first galaxies that were made up of those first stars to ever shine. We'll be taking a look at uh, active galactic nuclei that shine during, those peri during that period, which means black holes. We'll be able to see black holes that may have formed that early in the universe, which we're starting to find black holes now much earlier than we thought then they thought they would find them. So that's pretty remarkable um, because in order to form a black hole, stars have to die. And, and so uh, a remarkably short amount of time um, occurred before the first black holes appeared in the universe. So J James Webb Space Telescope is uniquely qualified to look at that region of the sky or that re that, that epoch in the universe that goes from reionization, that's when the uh, stars began to, to coalesce and build all the way through, uh, through the dark ages, they call it, um, and where the first stars um, began to shine and um, galaxies began to form. But that's not all. In, in addition to seeing those things, James Webb Space Telescope will be able to will have the resolution, the resolving capability, and the resolving the, the 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 big thing that allows a telescope to resolve something is it's the diameter of its objective lens, and the because of the size of the of the J, JWST was designed with the size of mirror that it was for two reasons. One, it was the biggest they could design and still fit it into a rocket that they knew how to do. And it's also big enough to actually have the resolving power to see and resolve the disks of exoplanets around other stars. On board the James Webb Space Telescope are a bunch of micro shutters that will allow it to block out the light from the star that it's looking at. And these, it's called a it's called a chronograph, and it blocks out the light from this from those uh, from the nearby star, and lets you exactly see the light that's reflecting off of the planet nearby. These micro shutters had to actually be invented before the James Webb Space Telescope could even meet some of its science objectives. So when we complain about how old and how overdue and over budget and everything else the this mission is, you have to remember that because some things didn't even exist before they decided to build this thing. When astronomers make their science requirements for a space telescope, they list very specifically what um, they want to be able to do and see. And, and, and they don't give thought to whether or not we actually can do or see these things. They just say they want that. And then they write in their proposal using some soon-to-be-invented technology. Well, micro shutters were one of those things. These are little tiny, tiny shutters that sit over the uh, CCD imaging plane and allow it to selectively block out light from certain areas of the image plane itself. Really, really cool stuff. And these things are, I don't know, how, I think about it, less than a millimeter in size, less than a millimeter square. So they're very, very tiny. So, Okay. That's just a glimpse of some of the things James Webb Space Telescope is going to do. It will not be a wide field telescope. It will be very narrow, like uh, Hubble is, because we want to see the result. We want to use the resolving power that that we get from a large objective like that. So, where are we in the mission? Okay, so <laughs> it's been a long road. 
It was supposed to launch last time I heard was 2017. Then before that, it was 2012. Then 2009 and 2007 was its original, I think, launch date. So here we are way past all that, right? It's also supposed to cost about three to $5 billion, ended up costing closer to 10. So we've got $10 billion into this thing and decades later, we're finally ready to launch. What's disappointing about this is that one of the motivations, one of the um, reasons that they decided to go ahead and repair Hubble back in 2009 for the last time, one of the reasons given was, hey, if we repair Hubble with brand new stuff, it can operate at the same time as the James Webb Space Telescope is up. Wouldn't that be great to have two telescopes operating at the same time. Now, and, and the reason that's important is because Hubble wasn't going to be repaired the last time in 2009. Mike Griffin, the administrator of NASA at the time, said we're not doing it. The shuttle's got too much to do before it gets decommissioned, and we're not doing another Hubble service mission. Well, you can just imagine there was this huge upwelling of support that went out to save Hubble. Please go and, and fix Hubble. The outcry was incredible. I mean, I was there at the AAS when Mike Griffin was given a talk about the, making the announcement that they were, in fact, going to repair Hubble again. This was like in 2006 or seven, something like that. And he said, OK, OK, we're going to do it. They, they, you know, it was such a big upwelling of support that he dedicated a whole mission to it. And John Grunsfeld was the guy in charge, the astronaut in charge, and did an outstanding job. But they weren't going to do it. And one of the reasons that tipped the scale in favor of doing it was the fact that it would operate when JWST was also in orbit. It may still do that. Hubble is still up. Hubble is still working. It's limping on some gyroscope issues. But remember, 2009 was when it was repaired. We're 2021. Okay, this, this is an old telescope. The, the Everything's degrading on it. We don't have a lot of time. Still, we're going to still get some overlap. Maybe it won't be what everybody thought, but it's still going to be there uh, a little bit. So what was I talking about? Oh, yes. Where are we in the mission? So um, we are. It is finally getting ready to be just to cut right straight to the chase to be folded up and put into the rocket. It in December last year, one of the it. it for the last time, Northrop Grumman, the primary contractor, unfurled the uh, heat. I'm sorry, they're calling it a sun shield. Again, they can't call it a heat shield for some dumbass reason. Anyway, it's a it's a sun shield. They deployed that for the first for the last time, and it went great. Everything went. It, it unfolded. All five layers happened, and and now they're very happy. And it's sitting in a clean room. The entire spacecraft air, telescope fully deployed, ready now to be packed up one final time. Fold the, the heat shield, the sun shield will go down. The secondary or the primary tower will go down. The secondary mirror will, uh, uh, boom, will fold up the, the wings of the primary mirror will fold back and the whole thing will be tucked in so that it fits into a cylinder the size of the Ariane 5 payload bay. And then it's going to get put in a box, shipped onto a barge, a barge. I know we've come to love barges though. Thanks to SpaceX barge. 
And then it's going to be taken from California through the Panama Canal over to South America, French Guyana, where it will be launched. And uh, when will it be launched? <laughs> well, it was going to be March, just a couple months from now. But now it's looking like October. Halloween Day is when they're planning on launching it. So there you go. Um, that is the current status of the mission. Um, and I will keep you posted on future updates. This is a lot longer than the 10 minutes I had planned. I really talked a lot about Jane Rose Space Telescope. Okay, so so keep stay so keep stay tuned for the next episode. I will come out with these as often as I can, especially when there's some news on James on James Webb Space Telescope. But this is it. This will be your source. Let's get together. Let's watch this mission finally come to fruition and launch. Nobody is more excited about this thing than me. I'm more excited about the James Webb Space Telescope than I am the Artemis program going to the moon or the Gateway program with uh, with the space station and cislunar space. This is the thing I'm most excited about. And so I want this. I, I can't wait to see what not only that it launches, but that it also unfurls and then it, we see first light. If I were a betting man, I would not bet on this ever coming, ever, ever happening. But, uh, you know, I'm not a betting man because I would lose all my money. So I'm betting on this to work. So here's hoping it happens. <laughs>